And of course, this hour, we'll take your readings and calls with psychic John Russell here on Coast to Coast. I got a few more things to ask him, then we'll dive into your calls. All he needs from you is a question. I'll give him your name. So we'll be back in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, along with psychic John Russell. We'll take your calls this hour. John, a couple more questions, of course. You've got some stones or rocks that change appearance. What are those? I have got these delightful rocks that I found out in my yard. They're, they're very, very unique in appearance to begin with. And uh, I brought them in. I love the energies that, uh, that they emanate and uh, the things that they teach me. But some of the rocks actually change in appearance as they're sitting here on my desk. Uh, the colors will deepen. The colors will lighten. Uh, this one rock in particular, uh, there's some sigils that I have developed over the years that I've used. And one of those sigils appeared in this rock and then disappeared. Uh, it began to have this whitish like a bloom is what I would call it all over it. And in that bloom, there were faces, there were uh, letters and numbers. My name actually appeared in some of that on this rock, and then all that vanished. And so they continue to uh, continue to evolve that way. And uh, that lets me know that there are spirits and or intelligences that inhabit these rocks, or maybe the rocks themselves have a type of uh, intelligence because, you know, we know Mother Earth is alive and active, and so all the manifestations, all the products that come from Mother Earth have some type of intelligence or energy to them as well. And what's the story of disappearing vehicles, John? Uh, I was riding my motorcycle, and um, I was on this backcountry road where I could see for miles, and I knew... There was nobody behind me, and I was coming up to a, uh, a stop sign in an intersection there that I was going to turn on. It's still a backcountry road. And as I came to the stop sign, as I habitually do, I looked in my rearview mirror out of habit, and there was a car right behind me. And it, it startled me because I had been looking in my rearview mirror as I approached the stop sign. And like I say, it's a country road, straight country road. You can see for miles on the thing. And there was absolutely no traffic on it. And all of a sudden, this car is in my rearview mirror. And it, it startled me, and I looked, and I was like, wow, where did this car come from? There was no little road, side roads or anything coming up that it could have come on and and, um, and gotten behind me. And I was just, just flabbergasted. And so when I made my turn onto this other highway, it turned behind me and uh, followed behind me at a little distance. And I kept an eye on it because it just felt strange. And I looked back, and it had vanished. It was entirely gone. So that was one of the <laughs> disappearing vehicles I saw. And then the other time, and I write about this in, uh, in writing with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead, I was coming back on this highway. We had had uh, a major uh, tropical storm here in, uh, in Florida, and uh, I had had cabin fever, and I was like, I've just got to get out and ride. So... After the thing had passed, I was was riding, and uh, I was coming back home, and this this strange cloud, which I write about in detail in the book, uh, was forming up in front of me, and I was like, okay, do I keep riding into this, or should I seek an alternate route? And this biker came up, fellow biker came up on, on my left, 
and uh, looked over at me and smiled and nodded, and that's not unusual. Bikers are friendly to each other, but there was just something about his expression and the way that he looked at me that seemed odd and kind of made me curious. And um, he got into the left turn lane, and that was about the time I had to make the decision, am I going to turn off or am I going to ride forward into this cloud? And I had this impression to follow this guy. So I said, okay. So I swung over in the lane, got ready to turn. Well, he made the turn, uh, and then some traffic came, and I had to wait on the traffic. And it wasn't just a few seconds before it was my turn to make the turn. And, again, it was a long, straight road. You could see forever the road we were turning onto. And he had disappeared. He had vanished. And, uh, like I say, it was only a few seconds after he made the turn that I made the turn. And there was no place for him to go, no place for him to pull off, no place. He was just simply simply gone, had simply vanished. And I believe that he had come uh, to lead me to a safer path to avoid that developing storm uh, that was coming up. So that's a couple of the vehicles I've seen that have disappeared in the thin air. Well, let's go to the phones and do some readings. Now, what kind of mode do you get into, John, when you do this? Uh, I'm always on. <laughs> it's just it's it's always there. The gift is always available. And uh, I just I just tune into it a little more finely when when we get ready to do the reading. Okay, let's go to Frank in Hollywood, Maryland. Welcome to the program. Hey, Frank, you're first up. Yeah, lead off better, um, John. I want to tell you the last time you were on that I didn't get a chance to talk to you. There's something in your voice, like I told Tommy Danheiser. There's something in your voice that I think of the words truthful and kindness, and I, I just oh. want you to know that. Bless your heart. I appreciate that so uh, much. My question is about my wife. Okay. Go ahead. Do you want to know her name? Uh, you don't have to. No, you can just, right. just ask what you need to know. Yeah. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, I just want to know about her health. Um, well, I... I I hate to say it, I don't think it's that good, but I think there's some things that she can do um, to um, to maximize it, to to alleviate whatever is going on. Um, for one thing, if if she's going to the doctors, if not, she should kind of get a checkup. But if she's under medical care, uh, make sure that she does what they tell her to do that with some regularity, because whatever uh, they're doing for, I think will help. And then. I want to recommend this book. People have heard me recommend this a jillion times. There's a book you can get at Amazon called The Art of True Healing. And there's an exercise in that book called the Middle Pillar Exercise, and it teaches you how to activate and circulate energy centers on the body and to direct that for literal physical healing. And I would like her to do that. And then have her pay attention to her diet. Uh, She needs to eat regularly and eat meals that are uh, conducive to her well-being you know we all we all have different diets you know there's a recommended diet but sometimes that works for people sometimes it doesn't we have to find out what we can eat and what works for us but she needs to eat regular meals they don't have to be big meals but she needs to be eating three meals a day and watching her water intake and things like that Uh, balancing exercise and rest you know the common sense things uh, whatever her doctor will allow her to do as far as exercise goes. So, you know, sedentary is the worst thing for her. So if she can do a little bit of something, that's that's going to benefit. That's going to help. Frank, what John, do you, th- what do you think of that advice? Go ahead. John, 
Yes. Uh, you're spot on. Everything you said is spot on. The question, the problem is, is too many cooks in the kitchen. She has too many doctors. Yeah. She's over-medicated. Yeah, yeah that's it. She has eight different ailments, and she has survived COVID. Uh, her daughter and two grandsons had COVID, and we didn't even realize it in, in yeah. the house with us. Right. And uh, they got tested uh, late, but she didn't, she didn't catch COVID. Yeah. Now, uh, they, they say pros and cons about the vaccine. I think the vaccine worked for her and the two boosters. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing of it is, like you say, too many cooks in the kitchen, and that's true. Uh, and that's like people with, with doctors, with psychics, with anything else. Uh, you, you go from hop from one to the other, one to the other, one to the other, and everybody's going to tell you something different. Eventually you wind up not knowing what the heck to do and, and taking too much, doing too much. So you're exactly right there, and that's what she needs to do is focus on the things that we've said and, uh, you know, take more responsibility for her own well-being, and I think she'll, she'll be all right. John, when you say you're on, now who's feeding you this information about his wife, for example? Where's that coming from? That comes from out there, the other side, and, and my spirit guides, his spirit guides, her spirit guides. This is all connected. It's, it's like a big telegraph or telephone network out there, if you will, the, the psychic Internet, and, uh, and they access this information. Uh, you know, I can read for a client around the world, and it's just like being there in the same room with them because a psychic gift knows no such thing as time, space, or distance because we're all connected. The universe is all connected this way. Next up, we go west of the Rockies. Mary's with us in the state of Washington. Hello, Mary. Hello, Mr. Norrie. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. And what is your question for Mr. Russell? Well, I know that you can see between the worlds or beyond the veil, out of the corner of your eye in your peripheral vision, maybe a flash or something, and it always makes you look. And you do, and of course there's nothing there. Well, I've seen that in the past, and and I acknowledge it, and that's it. Um, and I can't remember the last time, except for now. Holy cow. I've been seeing things out of the corner of my eye for the last, three months, and they're not in the corner of my eye anymore. They're getting more to the front. And it's people and animals and men and women, and I could almost tell you what they look like, and dogs and cats and bugs and everything. And yep. they don't scare me except every time I think it is somebody and I need to, to acknowledge that they're there and, and ask them you know, what they want, those sorts of things. Right. right. And I have a health issue um, that that could be, life-threatening am i just getting that close to the veil am i dying i don't think you're dying um and the uh, the reason for the uh, the increased perception your ability to perceive the other side and get these visitations is just simply a normal growth of your psychic gift and you know you're you're doing the right thing just communicate with these appearances and ask what messages they have for you or for others. And a lot of times as we have health issues, uh, that, that kind of opens things up for us because there's kind of a, the body has kind of a natural firewall um, to this perception of the other side so that we're not uh, driving along the road and uh, we see somebody standing in front of us and think it's a real person swerve to avoid 
hitting them and have an accident, and it's just a ghost. So we have this natural firewall there to keep us from having these experiences constantly during the day. And illness or tiredness or whatever, a lot of things can kind of, kind of lower that firewall so that these experiences become more vivid and more common. So uh, you mentioned having a, a chronic illness, and uh, that can be that. But no, you're you're not going to die. You're not you're not getting that close to the to crossing over yourself. It's just the process of uh, that firewall coming down. And uh, you've heard me recommend the book, The Art of True Healing. Uh, you can get that and use that to work on your physical condition and feel better. But uh, but no, you're you're not about to make the transition. All right, that's good. Thanks, Mary, for calling. Next up, Darren's with us, truck driving in Virginia. Hello, Darren. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You are welcome. Go ahead with your question for John. I am considering a career change uh, from truck driving into something like a Medicare representative. I'm just looking for some insight into that. Uh, yeah, Darren, that's the absolute right thing to do. Trucking's been good for you, but you need to get out of it. It is time for a change, and uh, this is the year to do it. Well, simple as that, but that's yep. good advice. Make the move, right, John? Make the move, absolutely. Super. And will, when you see things about people, do you hold back? Uh, I don't hold back, uh, but I've learned over the years the other side will guide me with whatever tact that I need to approach a situation for a person. Uh, but uh, but I've learned not to hold back, no, to give it, give them everything that they need. But there's ways that uh, I might present a difficult situation to one person one way and a different way to a different person, depending upon how they can receive it and how they take it. So I have to let's have to let spirit guide me in regard to that. We've got Robert in Florida, first-time caller. Hey, Robert, thanks for calling. Hi, thank, thank you for taking my call, George. Sure thing. And go ahead with John. Um, I was wondering, do you take questions on deceased people? Uh, I do, but sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to tune in on that, uh, depending upon the person on the other side and how close they are and their willingness to communicate. So, Give it a try, though, Robert. Okay, um, when I was 16, my father passed away of uh, small cell cancer, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't get to say goodbye to him. I was wondering if he heard me say goodbye, because he was in a vegetative state at that time. Yeah. And is he proud of me? Um, he absolutely knows that you told him goodbye. He, he understands that, receives that from the other side. Uh, he's very proud of you, and uh, he's close to you. Did he smoke? Hello? Are you yes, there? I'm there. Did, did he smoke? Yes, he was a heavy smoker. Yeah. Um, do you occasionally smell like cigarette smoke around you that there's no explanation for, the aroma of smoke? Yes. Yeah, that's your dad coming through letting you know that he's there. And he is okay on the other side, and he is proud of you. Talk to him out loud, just like you you would if he was still there in the flesh. And uh, he he exhibits a lot of love to you. He sends you warm hugs. He tells me. And <laughs> making me cry. <laughs> okay, Robert. Thank you. Just know that he is there with you. Yes. When you brought up the smoking, do you did you smell it, John? Yeah. 
Yeah, there was a strong aroma of smoke and like a cloud of smoke around me. Let's go to Joe, Long Island, New York. Hey, Joseph, go ahead. Hey, how you doing, John? I have a second question about her, but uh, look at Christmas, a Christmas question. You know, I, I, I was looking at a Christmas card. It's like, you know, couples and, and you know, people having fun ice skating in a small town on on the Christmas card. You know, it's an air of romance. And then you've got shows like The Grinch and The, Scro- uh, the Scrooge, which is more of a mystery. Uh, and then if you look at the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, it's kind of romantic, you know, uh, but also like a mystery. So, uh, you know, I'd ask you about that. And also the herb I'm interested what was the, What's the question there, Joe? Well, the question is the, those... There's like two currents, really, with, with Christmas, I, I see. You know, like there's an air of mystery and there's an air of romance. Right. What's the uh, question? Uh, so uh, then then I also have a question about the herb rosemary. Uh, well, I, I, Joe, I didn't hear the first question. I oh, mean, the first question would be, do you see a ghost in Christmas? Do you see uh, an element of that, the element of the ghost? Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, uh, the spirit of Christmas, I think, is a literal spirit. I think that we have, uh, and I don't think you can confine it to just a spirit. I think there are multiple spirits that uh, uh, are active or associated with the holiday season. And I think there is that element of mystery and romance that you mentioned. We do have this great mystery about the season and about the other side and about the spiritual realm and about life and death and things here on earth. So there is that. And with that also comes that great romance and that love, compassion that we feel. And that's what I was saying that we, we need to try and extend that uh, through the year. So yeah, absolutely. That's there. Joe, we won't have time for your second question. We've got way too many calls, and we're going to come up to a break in just a moment. John Russell with us, the psychic, a couple of his books, A Knock in the Attic. Writing with Ghosts, Angels, and Spirits of the Dead. His website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. And we shall be back in a moment on Coast to Coast and take final reading questions from you on Coast to Coast AM. And we'll be back with final reading calls with psychic John Russell in just a moment on our next Coast to Coast program. MH370 disappeared eight years ago, the Malaysian Airlines. Richard Godfrey will tell us. And he's a researcher. He was part of the group investigating the disappearance. He thinks he knows where it is. So we'll talk with him about that. And then psychic Joyce Keller joins us to talk about miracles on Coast to Coast. So make sure you're part of the program. And welcome back to our final segment. John Russell, the psychic, is with us. His website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com, and we will take final calls as well. Why does it seem, John, that miracles appear during the holiday season? I think we expect them to. I think we're we're more focused and we're more receptive. Um, so you know, the rest of the year we we don't have that mindset, and uh, that's what I was saying earlier that we need to draw that out to the rest of the year. Uh, George, who on the other side uh, for you would bring through a, a strong aroma of flowers, a floral scent. A guy named Johnny Rose used to sell flowers in St. Louis. He died a year ago. Dear friend of mine. Ah, uh, okay. And that's that's <laughs> it's funny. His name is Johnny Rose. That, well, he used it as a nickname, but yeah, uh, that's what he called himself. The aroma of roses. 
So that's coming through very, very strongly for you right now. So he's wanting to let you know that he's there. Hey, well, we're coming up on a year anniversary of his death. He owned his own small limo company, which I used a lot when uh, I was in St. Louis. But uh, he uh, came down with COVID, and uh, he passed away one day, and uh, that was it. Yeah, well, he's 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 near you. Want you to know that he's there. Tell him hi. Let's go to Elisa in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lise. Hi, George. Hello, John. Hi. Hey, I was wanting to know who is trying to get in touch with me. I keep hearing my name called uh, on the right hand side. Yeah, that of would my be your grandmother. Head. Your grandmother is trying to get in touch with you, and um, just sit, sit, get quiet, close your eyes, do a little meditation. Say, okay, Grandma. I'm here. What do you have to tell me? Uh, there's not just like one message. Uh, there's an ongoing guidance that she wants to give you so that it's important that you communicate with her regularly, okay? So my grandmother on my father's side? Um, I would say on your father's side, yes. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks. You're Appreciate welcome. that. Nice. Let's go to Tina in Louisiana. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tina. Hi, how are you? Great. Good to have you with us. What's your question for John Russell? Hi, John. Um, me and my husband are planning a big move. Um, we're bought 40 acres and we're going to build on it. And I'm looking to see if you can give me any insight for pitfalls or anything I could look out for that could derail that. All right. Where'd you buy, by the way? Louisiana? Yeah, I'm, I'm going in Mississippi. Aha. Uh-huh. 40 acres there, Mr. Russell. 40 acres and a mule. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any major pitfalls if the timing is right. Um, so make sure that you're that you're not rushing it. Uh, listen to your gut instinct, and whatever you do, let it be in a timely fashion. We always have this this timeline that we want to impose on things. Right. Right, and, right. Yeah, and yeah, we've encountered yeah. that already. That you know, yeah. you, you can't rush things, and deals come in their own time. You can't exactly, yeah. exactly. So just yeah. just go with the flow. Listen to your gut instinct, and that's going to help you avoid any pitfalls. Good advice. Thanks, Tina. Good luck to you, and good luck. Forty acres. That's a pretty good size spread, isn't it, John? That's pretty nice. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having that myself. Next up, let's go to Susan in Roseville, California. Hello, Suze. Hello. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure thing. Um, I uh, wanted to know what you see for my mom's health this coming New Year. You for your mother's health, okay. Doing good, yeah. Her name is Carol. Okay, Susan. Um, I think that... Um, you know, she's, she's like I always recommend to people, get the book, The Art of True Healing, and uh, use that. If she can't use it, you can use the technique uh, to uh, to work on her health because uh, it looks to me like she might be in a little, uh, nothing too drastic, but a little downhill slide the first half of the year, and you want to avoid that. You want to, to temper that uh, by using some techniques to boost her immunity, to increase her well-being. Um, so it, it, it's something that can be avoided, uh, but she needs to be proactive in taking some steps to do that. Does that help like you? Diet, like diet and stuff like that? 
um, uh, more of a, the spiritual healing aspect of things. You know, it certainly is good to look at diet and uh, to do the normal things that we need to do for our health. But uh, she needs to introduce a spiritual healing aspect more than anything. Oh, okay. Okay, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. John, we were talking earlier about the disappearing vehicles. You want to elaborate on those again? Yeah, that was just it was such a, a strange thing. Uh, like I said, when I when I pulled up to the intersection of my motorcycle, I knew there was not a car behind me. I'd been looking in my rearview mirror, a straight flat road you could see for miles, and all of a sudden this car appears out of nowhere and um, makes the same turn on the uh, another straight flat road makes the same turn that I did and was following me a little ways back. And I kept an eye on it in the rearview mirror because it, it seemed very strange. And I looked back and it was there, and I looked back a second later and it had vanished. It had gone. And I think that we have these occurrences, these these physical manifestations, um, and I know in particular for myself that the other side is like, hey, you know, we're here. We're watching over you. We want you to communicate this to others. We want you not only to experience it for yourself and your own well-being, but to enlighten others as to the reality of this dimension and the fact that we can communicate with it uh, for guidance, for help, for protection, and for our well-being, and that it's not anything to fear or to be afraid of. Do you channel the other side? Um. I, I, the word channel has kind of been abused and bandied about so much. I wouldn't say channel so much as just, I, you could say channel, but more it's just a, a connection, a contact, um, a communication that's, that's always plugged in, that's always there. So it's, uh, it's something that I'm always aware of. The other dimension is always there for me. You remember the movie Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, Patrick Swayze, yes, absolutely. And the, and the ghosts would step in her physically did they ever do that to you i've had uh, i've had a spirit walk through me um could you feel that yeah i i literally felt it and it happened we caught it on film as a matter of fact that happened when we were filming the uh, uh the tv pilot and i told people i said there's a woman over here and she's walking toward me and i said right now i feel her walking through me she literally is walking through me and out the other side and we had a FLIR camera, forward-looking infrared radiation, and the setting we had it on, uh, cold would show up as black, heat would show up as white. And when I said that on the FLIR camera, they caught um, a woman's footsteps, a woman's footprints, woman's shoes on the floor. They caught the footsteps walking toward me and through me when I said that. I love that. Gary's with us in Idaho. Welcome to the show, Gary. Yeah, hello. Uh, Hi. I'm uh, I, uh, uh, am a Georgia's age and I've, uh, I've ridden motorcycles since I'm like 15 or so and probably won't be anymore. I, uh, had a kind of a real bad freaky accident happen to me for my own stupidity. I, uh, got my arm ran over, uh, uh, beginning of no- November here, got my arm ran over by, uh, duels on a, on a RV and crushed it. And I, oh, jeez. I, I think maybe an angel or something helped me out of it because I don't see how I got my arm out from under there. And uh, I thought I was going to lose my arm, and it's still kind of iffy. Uh, uh, do you know how the arm's going to come out? And then my, my other thing is I was wondering, I had a, a uncle that, that died this year, and uh, he uh, he was pretty mean to me. I wonder if uh, you hear anything from him, Uncle Bob. Okay. Um, use the book, The Art of True Healing. Work on 
the, the spiritual healing aspect of physically heal the arm. I think the arm is going to be okay. And that just underscores the point that we have to listen to our guardian angels, be aware of what they tell us. Like you said, you were maybe riding over your head or, or negligent or whatever. And so we can't blame our guardian angels for that. We have to slow down, listen to them, and listen to what they tell us to do and obey that. Um, as far as the uncle that... Uh, mean old Uncle Bob, huh? The mean old Uncle Bob, uh, he has... Uh, kind of gained a different perspective on the other side. And so he um, is, is, uh, is kinder, a more kinder and, and gentler person on the other side. So know that. All right. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate you being part of the program. Next up, Maria's with us in Illinois. Hi, Maria. Hi, George. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hi, Thank John. you. Go ahead. Hi, Maria. So I... <clears throat> Kind of complicated. So I'm on disability, and I've, you know, been on the Section 8 housing voucher program for like 20, almost, almost 26 years. Wow. Um, yeah, but in every year they've always had an inspection, and I've always passed. I've never failed. But then the people that were the inspectors and the people that were doing the program then were a lot cooler, easier nicer and things like that, but they've changed the people, the inspectors, and it's really bad now, but um, this is the first year that I've failed miserably Mm -hmm. Um, after all these years, first time ever, and I'm losing my Section 8. Uh, I have a hearing coming up January 3rd um, to contest it, but I mean... They never even used to take pictures, but now in the last couple of years they did take pictures, and they took pictures of all my possessions and belongings. I don't have a car, so I haven't had a car for a year. I desperately need to get a car, but I haven't had a chance to. Um, And just a lot of bad things are happening, and I'm really nervous because I can't afford to lose Section 8, but what they're, I mean, they want me to just basically get rid of all my stuff and I don't have anywhere to put it. Well, hone in on a question here, Maria. Okay, Go ahead. So my question is, is there any way by some uh, hope hope against hope by some miracle of God that at this hearing they might, you know, reverse their decision to terminate me for the help on this program or or am I done for for the first time in 26 years to where I'm going to have to pay an arm and leg for rent. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's a good chance that you can get a reversal, but you're going to need an attorney. Do you have an attorney? Um, well, actually I went to this, uh, legal firm that legal. they help low income people, but they haven't decided whether or not to take the case yet. Ah, okay. Go ahead, John. Well, if, if they haven't, if they haven't decided, you know, keep in touch with them. Keep pressing them to take the case. If they don't, uh, consult with someone else. Yeah, she needs some representation, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. You've got to have some representation in that. Good luck, Maria. Let us know how things turn out for you. We'll be uh, putting you on the prayer list for that and see what happens. Next up, let's go to Rodney in Indiana. Hello, Rodney. Take it away, sir. Hey, George. Uh, yeah, I've called you several times on different for different reasons. Hey, uh, I'd like to ask John. Uh, you know, I'm 
67 years old, been writing songs for 53 years, had three career changes. I mean, retired construction, retired factory worker. But all through the all these years, I've been writing songs. I got over 500 written. Wow. My kids write songs. My my wife writes, and I'm an inspiration to them. But I'm not commercially successful, and I'm just wondering. I've got some stuff out there on Spotify and all you know YouTube and all that, but and just looking for a major artists to pick something up. Do you uh, perceive any? breakthroughs uh next year for me uh is there a career hit coming up here john i don't think so with the songwriting and as we all know that's a tough 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 industry um so you know don't give it up but don't pin too much hopes on it uh for you right now there's some creative something that you need to be involving yourself in uh and or learning picking up on the side have you ever done woodworking any type of woodworking He's hung up now. Oh, okay. <laughs> if if he's done any type of woodworking, that might be something he wants to look into uh, that would be something that would bring him some good side income. But uh, don't see any major hits coming with the, with the songwriting anytime soon. Should he pursue that, though, the songwriting? Yeah. yeah, I think he should stay with it. But, man, that's a tough industry, as we all know. Yeah, sure is. Okay, my friends. John, we want to thank you for being on the program. The books, The Knock in the Attic, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and Spirits, all both all available? All available. Uh, you get them anywhere online, all the major booksellers. It's always a delight to be here, George. want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And definitely when that next book is done, you know where to come back. Definitely will. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. John Russell, psychic extraordinaire, does a great job and is just so... Fan-friendly, to be sure. He's just one of a kind. He is one of a kind. For Dan Galante, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Ladasour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burroughs, Tim Banal, Ryan Stacy, Ian Punnett, and George Knapp, I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.